So welcome to the final episode of the podcast series that we have reflecting on the DSAI Summer School on Climate and Development Issues. Once again, I'm joined with co-convener and organizer, Kira Finnegan of the Climate and Development Group. And we are thrilled to be joined by three attendees that were part of this year's Summer School. I'm sure they won't mind me bragging by saying they were three of the most engaged attendees that were part of the Summer School, which we loved. Um, so we're thrilled that they've given us some of their time to come back and reflect on some of the issues that you know were brought up in the summer school and not just about the content itself not just about the things and issues that were discussed but also the whole event itself as a virtual event did it work was it something that was of interest so we're totally open to constructive feedback and criticisms um so we're, we're thrilled to welcome you all here so i'm just going to go around the screen and, and give you a chance to introduce yourselves but just in advance of that we are joined by george kath and callum who are all coming to us from various locations today. So once again, we're, we're really grateful for your time. So I guess if we could start by, if you want to just give a brief introduction to who you are, whereabouts you are, and, and what kind of brought you to the DSAI Summer School this year. And I guess if we start with George, you're the first on my screen there. Hello, hi, how are you doing? Um, my name's George Sushil Prike. I'm actually the only person with my full name in the world. <laughs> And I have just graduated from uh, Queen's University Belfast in politics and philosophy. Well, I graduate on the 20th of July. Um, so, yeah, that's me. So exciting. And then Kath. Hi, I am Kath Omara Reynolds. Thanks so much, Jer and Kira, for uh, having us, for organizing the conference, first of all, and then for inviting me to be a part of this today. I'm in Dublin Bay North, and I'm currently doing the MSc in Climate Change at Dublin City University. Thank you so much. And um, Callum, last but by no means least. Hi, I'm uh, Callum and I'm studying history at Queen's University Belfast, currently or about to start the second year. Thank you for joining us. It's it's really great as well to have a combination of subjects, but also of completely different levels of, of the, the student journey, I guess, which can be all in all different ways, shapes and forms, intimidating at best. And Kira, do you want to say uh, hello? Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Obviously, I'm co-convener of the Summer School with Jer and the Climate and Development Group with DSAI. Happy to be back in for another episode. <laughs> Thank you. Your sound is lovely, Kira, by the way. So I'm looking at your, your lovely mic that's there. So that's obviously, we've got a professional in the ranks, everybody. No pressure, no pressure whatsoever. Um, so the way that we've kind of designed this is we really want this episode to be really reflective. So there's nothing kind of off limits. So please really do feel free to, to kind of speak to it um, in, in any which way. And I guess the way we'll do it, um, Kira, if you agree and if everyone else agrees, is I guess we'll just pose the same question and just let it open out so it's not that you know you need to wait a turn or anything like that if you just have something to say on it please do join in so i guess when we look at it i suppose the, the overarching question just a, a reflective question is how did you find it in terms of the content and some of the issues that were raised you know did you find it interesting was it what you expected was it more than you expected was it less than you expected was there stuff that you would like to have seen there or was there anything that really surprised you that was part of the the layout or a part of the program that you didn't imagine that you would see there so i guess i will pose that to all three and whoever would like to go first uh please do there's there's no structure here it's a fireside chat i guess i am very happy to jump in if that's okay i absolutely loved it i i had high expectations which were completely surpassed 
I think that the everything from the organization and how the summer school was run and, you know, it, which is not easy to do, especially now that so many things are going on virtually. It was the, the technology, everything was so well done, but also the speakers, right? Because that's the main thing you're delivering. And it was such a vast and diverse set of topics. And, you know, some, some of the things I, even doing a master's degree in climate change, I I never really thought about like space, space and climate change. And um, when Noelle Higgins did her cultural heritage bit, that actually really excited me because I have uh, a master's degree in medieval history from Trinity. And I never really understood how I could combine, you know, to my these two passions that I have with heritage and climate change. And it was all laid out before me in Noelle Higgins uh, chat. So I, I particularly loved that and, and made me very excited for, you know, potential, uh, maybe something that I could do in the future. So I just, I, I found it wonderful. I think that's so good. My eyes like widened and I looked straight to Kira. As soon as I heard medieval history, I was like, <gasps> I I have a whole other episode of questions now. Uh, we'll, we won't, so guys, be careful because you're right? going to open a can of worms <laughs> that uh, Jair is going to just want to question you on everything you've ever studied and everything you know about because I just think it's so, it's so cool. That was something to me that was really new too, was I, I never really thought about it in in that way. I never thought about, um, I think in, in my mind, when I thought of climate change before I started looking into it or researched into it, it was always a place issue you know it, it was erosion of you know coastlines or the polar ice caps I never really thought of it one affecting humans and two affecting things you know it, it's not mm. something I ever really thought about and that was really uh really interesting to to me too um I, I think that one of the things that the entire conference brought home to me is how climate change is going to affect every aspect of our lives and not just in the very obvious ways but in 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 little ways that maybe we haven't thought about yet you know space you know and and, and how we go about looking at ways to challenge climate change and to promote climate action and the, the our built heritage you know there's so much you know how is this going to affect you know our our cultural heritage it's just it's absolutely fascinating yeah it does it always made me question that particular thing is you know if there's an act of destruction against cultural property or heritage in a conflict zone that's a war crime you know and there has been prosecutions for that but what about when they're destroyed or being in the process of being destroyed as a result of climate, you know, it's very hard to then attribute responsibility and how do we act on that? That was, yeah, that was a really, yeah, an interesting one to kind of to approach even and look at. And what about anyone else want to chime in? Yeah, uh, we'll go with Callum. Right, uh, so I wasn't really too sure what to expect. Uh, I just got the email that I was forwarded uh, to me from Queen's itself talking about this uh, conference. And I thought it was just going to be on Ireland itself. You know, there was so much more than that. So, yeah, we talked about Michael Semple uh, previously, um, uh, was it before this started, as how climate change can uh, has a cycle with conflict um, in Afghanistan. And there's the, the politics, the history, and I, I found that really interesting. And there's, yeah, there's so many different sides to this. And I just found that very... Amazing. Yeah. 
That's I'm the exact same. I think that's that was something that I was really guilty of before I started researching climate was I thought climate belonged to science and geography. And that was it. You know, you don't it's funny to think it belongs to everywhere. Like you really can find a structure of research in every kind of aspect that relates back to some issue around climate. And it's so powerful. And it's something that really is kind of put on the back burner a lot, I think. Um, you know, some people won't like that I'm saying that, but, you know, I think it is um, put on the back burner a lot. And, you know, there was a comment that was made at one of the sessions and um, I can't recall who it was, but I actually think it was from, um, I actually think it was from Sinead Walsh's opening section session uh, where she said, you know, um, the planet's going to be fine. It's humans that are in trouble, you know, and and that really stuck out. Was, like that was a little bit of it. That was a take home. That was a bring it home point that worried. I, it really put a bit of a, a fear into me that was like, you know, there's so much more to this. It's, it's very real. Um, you know, we had a recording earlier on with Tom Campbell of Maynooth and we were saying, you know, we kind of don't factor in how quickly it can happen. And we think of climate that, you know, it's fine to sit in an office and research, but we forget that you know, there's very real repercussions happening as a completely direct result of this. Um, and George, sorry, by last. Yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, just to basically just contribute to what the other two have said. For me, it was kind of, the, it was like a dream lineup of, of tutorials. It was nonstop. It was jam-packed <laughs> through the day. I remember you, uh, Jay, saying, like, you know, run downstairs and get a coffee. It was like, you know, almost your mum coming home and buying you sweets and, you know, you get back to whatever <laughs> you're doing. Um, and it was, it, it felt like that the whole time, you know. It was like, for how many we had a day? About five five different yeah. speakers a day. And, um, and it was just so much to learn, so much to kind of discuss. And, you know, we'd go off to the breakout rooms and, everyone have, have such great things to say, you know, it wasn't like there was one speaker speaking, it was more kind of, you know, they, it was more like a tutorial, they would ask us questions and, you know, it was, you know, it was interactive, it was collaborative, yeah, and the uh, second thing was, um, you know, the kind of, it's interdisciplinary nature of how it all was, you know, how, how we could all contribute to it, it wasn't some, you know, niche or esoteric thing, it was, it was something no matter what our background was no matter how what stage of uni we was like me I'd just finished but you know I haven't been to grad school yet I haven't done a PhD but it's something that you know anyone can contribute to you don't have to necessarily even have a university degree to do it and I, I like that you know because the world seems like often quite specialist you know people have mapped out into specialist fit spheres and you know it's sometimes you feel like you can't really contribute to something you don't know about but with this it, it was perfect I, I loved it I'm thank you because I'm actually really glad that you said that because that is something myself and Kira talked yeah. about from the very beginning was that we did not want this to be something that was completely marginalized and specialized that was only going to be accessible to people that had a phenomenal amount of knowledge on on these issues we wanted it to be from anybody from just you know public interest in this area to people that have done PhD research in this area and everybody in between so we wanted to be really sure that we were able to get that and that was part of you know we talked about that with all the speakers as well which was great so I have to say the speakers were were very thoughtful in that sense too every speaker at the meetings we had asked about the projected audience who were we expecting the different levels and all we said was everybody we said don't anticipate any knowledge don't anticipate any level of background so um to hear that it was 
you were able to still follow and that came through is um is is really great to hear Callum yeah go ahead yeah so especially with that um the last talk on the second day so with uh, uh Professor Anna Fagan yeah and I was able to ask a question and a uh, you know, there's no such thing as a dumb question and all that. But it was a pretty much a dumb question. Yeah. But, you know, she answered it as if well, I, I was one of the other people, just everyone was equal with it. Yeah. And then with the different researchers, Ethiopia and Eritrea. Ethiopia and Kenya, is it? Was it? Or was that, might have been Chris's talk as well? Did Chris do some work in Eritrea as well? I can't remember. Uh, don't worry. I think it might we'll... be Tom Campbell, sorry. My bad. Yeah, that's who I thought, yeah. Uh, the researchers were uh, criticising each other in a helpful way. It's like, oh, you could have interviewed this person or this group you missed out and that, that would have helped. You know, but it was open to, yeah, each and every side. It was great. I think yeah. that's really great to, like, hear this feedback because, as Jura said, it was something that we were so conscious of. Because at the end of the day, like... I suppose what we really wanted to do was give an opportunity for everyone to learn because climate change affects everyone. And it's really important that like everyone at all levels, um, even like as Jara said, if you just were just a member of the public who had interest in it, to be able to be given this opp- these opportunities to kind of like, and again, it was like, we did want that, like George said, that kind of tutorial setting, that kind of like active learning environment. That was something that was really important for us to put across. So it wasn't just like, you know you're being spoken to you're actually like then able to converse and ask questions and engage a lot more and like participate in active learning and I think the kind of holistic like I I love that the feedback you're giving is like that you know there was kind of like a holistic approach in terms of the audience but also the content because that's really I suppose what we wanted to try and achieve and like the fact that you think we've achieved it even a little bit is just great (laughs) feedback for us yes yes go ahead one of the things that really impressed me about uh, the, the sorry the discussion around Tom Campbell's talk on pastoralism was that I felt like you guys definitely wanted to give a platform to anyone who had first experience that way and who had something you know very significant to contribute and and I was hugely impressed by that I thought it was a great discussion afterwards and you know so many people from all over the world being able to talk and share ideas and contribute it just it it was it was very very impressive to see the the reach that you had both in attendees and also in um and speakers and it is a thank you for that because it is that's really important because you always worry you know no matter where you are if you're doing you know if you guys have ever done tutorials or delivered a talk and you're always worried about the questions you know you're always worried and it's not it's not so much critiques or anything like that you're always just I always think if somebody has a question it meant that you've sparked something you know this even the smallest observation it means you've sparked something of interest and I thought when we saw that come through in so many sessions that there were questions for everybody um you know and I think as as a contingency planner and Kira definitely shares this trait. I don't know if Kira always had this trait or if working on this with me gave her this trait. But, you know, one of the things that I had said, we had said at the beginning was we need to have emergency questions for every speaker, because what if nobody asks anything? What if nobody has a question? We didn't use one once because the, there was just so much wow. engagement and it was so it was just so 
overwhelming in many ways because when it was coming to the end of each session I was thinking oh no what if there isn't a question and I think you know to kind of segue into the next question I, I think some of the breakout rooms kind of eliminated some of that pressure I always find when you're in a smaller group it's a little bit easier you don't feel like all eyes are on you so you, you feel a little bit better and I mean you guys unfortunately were very good in all the breakout rooms that I was in that you were in so I kept going back to your examples and your comments in so many other sessions which I know you heard me do which was just phenomenal but that was the absolute goal of those breakout sessions was to just facilitate any type of conversation around the topic whether it seemed abstract whether it seemed completely unachievable but how would it work? And then we ended up with examples of different problems or, you know, hypothetical issues that were really practical, you know, uh, not to put your pressure on your cat again, but, you know, the one where we talked about the rivers um, and how to use satellite imagery, you mm. know, that was such a, a great example of of where this came from. And Callum, you were in this group too, weren't you? You were part of this group. And I mean, the two of you just went with it and it was just great. And I was sitting there, it was a dream to be in that room because I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I had a great time. I was like, this is brilliant. They've got this fantastic idea. We're going to win the breakout rooms, you know? And that was, that even says something. When you have that idea from just sitting in a breakout room, you know that engagement has gone well. And that's kind of the next question that I wanted to ask was, how did you find those kind of virtual, I know we didn't have breakout rooms for every session, but the ones that you were in, were they useful? Were they, you know, could they have been enhanced in any way or, you know, were they just, they were what they were? So with the breakout rooms, uh, when uh, the, the first day, I, I thought, more, oh, here we go again. I did, everyone be quiet and no one will want to talk really. But most people really wanted to. There was a, enthusiasm to it. I mean, I was I was joking with uh, Catherine and uh, Joe uh, well, saying that uh, Catherine should run for president. Like, we'd all vote for her, you know. <laughs> I'd completely uh, forgotten about that. <laughs> I did too, but I also, I forgot about that, but I also repledged my support and allegiance. Oh my God. By the way. Yes. You guys yes. are the best. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, there was um, usually a uh, there were people who would guide the talks as well, whether it's uh, you guys or someone else, I can't remember. But yeah, there was always a, a, a name, a question where we could respond and we would give, give feedback to the speakers. And yeah, it seemed to help. And especially with, the, was it Lauren Napier? Is there some yeah. of the uh, points that we made are going to be used in the UN COP26 conference? Mm -hmm. That's just crazy, you know? Yeah, I think that the, the breakout sessions were the perfect balance to, you know, listening to the speakers who had these wonderful talks that were very informative and you're taking it all in. And then you have these breakout rooms where you can discuss and get even more excited about the ideas that you've just listened to. They were a very good size because they were just small enough that everyone had a chance to talk and to listen. But so they weren't too big that you might get lost in it or be able to not speak and, and, and just be quiet. And they also were a very, I think the timing was very good. It left, they, were, they were timed just that bit perfectly that you were left kind of wanting more, which I think is great for a breakout room. Yes. So like absolutely well done on, on oh, that. Thank you. And all the breakout rooms that I had joined in on, they all ended mid-conversation, which is always a great sign. You know, they yeah. all ended and we were all back in and the main room being like, 
Sorry, everybody, we were still talking. This was great. <laughs> and George, do you have anything to add? Um, if this is for marketing purposes, uh, we actually had uh, <laughs> Linda Etchart in, in one of our one of the speakers in one of our breakout rooms. You know, we were just scrolling through the uh, the list of names. Oh, lo and behold, it's the speaker itself. And it was just great to have her there. You know, it was uh, it was a breakout room. I mean, I suppose it was more of like an open chat and, you know, everyone felt like they could get involved. Um, and by the time we got back to the main room, we had nothing nothing to say, really, because we'd had, like, such a great conversation there. You know, we were just like, we'll just leave it to the other people. But, yeah, it wasn't just the breakout rooms, though. It was also, I think it was Christopher O'Donnell's um, his speech. It was he, he was asking quite kind of, you know, like, on-the-go questions. He was asking us to do, like, spider diagrams and stuff, just shout out words to do with uh, his talk was on modern-day slavery. So... So that was also really interactive, you know, so the breakout rooms weren't the be all and end all, but they definitely really helped. And most of them did have breakout rooms. So, yeah, that's that's so great to hear, because, you know, I think when you attend anything, even if it was a face to face summer school, to, to have any session where you have to sit and to be kind of spoken at for, for a long time, it's very hard to kind of formulate your own thoughts on it because you sit there and you scribble so many notes that you don't have a time, you don't really have time to process. Luckily, I usually am with things that you need that little bit of time afterwards to process. But I felt with some of the breakout rooms, it gave that chance to really sit back and go, okay, well, this is what we heard. So let's kind of develop on it a little bit, you know? And that was a really good point about Chris's talk um, because there was a lot of feedback on that. People really enjoyed those different elements that were mixed into that, like that spider diagram and adding to it. And I know Lauren's um, sessions used uh, Jamboard, which was Jamboard, new to, yeah. to so many people, you know? And there was other technologies in there, like Slido was being used. And I think one of the sessions had Mentimeter. So there was loads of these technologies that on paper sounded terrifying in one way. And being like, it's great to try and use this, but we did worry that it might lose the personal kind of chat that breakout rooms or these smaller groups mm -hmm. can have. So it's great to hear that that didn't um, that it didn't do that care do you have uh, any yeah no exactly to... like this is what Jer and I were like really we wanted to keep the engagement of a kind of a summer school to keep that like kind of interactive nature but it, like you know again not like lose the kind of personal or not have you like worrying if there's someone unfamiliar with Slido or Mentimeter and sure didn't Slido break in the middle of one of my like <laughs> my of course of, of course. course it did and that's the thing like we were looking at trying to balance like this kind of speaker speaking but also engaging with you and using these engagement technologies um but also not overwhelming you with them like kind of giving variety but not too much and I and, yeah on that note overwhelming them as well because yeah you know, exactly. lots of the speakers were also worried about you know trying to get that engagement in and you know especially like you guys as students too that you've spent a whole year in a virtual environment. You know, we were so conscious that now we're asking you to spend another two full days in your, what is your summer break in another virtual environment? We're like, how do we make this not monotonous that you actually, and sometimes I know that puts people on spot. They're like, I would rather sit 
back and just listen and not and you did see that in some rooms you did see some drop off when you saw the breakout rooms because some people just have that fear and I think some students in general like in my undergrad I was definitely like that I would have been sat at the back of the lecture hall I would never have raised my hand I didn't want the lecturer to know who I was I was like just leave me be and I'll be fine and then I think as you progress a little bit further the more you know and the more familiar you get but then it's interesting that you compared it George to tutorials because that was where then I got much more comfortable was then when you were in those smaller sessions, those smaller groups that you didn't feel like I, there's a hundred people staring at me if I ask a question that's silly, um, you know. Um, yeah. So that is that's a great one to. Yeah, to, I think to... it definitely having that like kind of breakout rooms. I suppose, Jerry, sorry, I'm going to say this and sound very, but you know, social constructivism, like this kind of pedagogical approach to how we want you to be able to learn. And so while you may have had like people there who didn't want to ask questions, and as Jerry said, I'd very much be like one of those people in my undergraduate. I would more, it, having these rooms where people could sit, maybe not say anything, but be able to listen to ye who were so engaged, asking exactly. questions, thinking, and it so facilitates important. their learning as well, which is really important. And again, it's kind of coming back to this whole idea of this wasn't purely a, like a, a conference. It was a summer school and we wanted to give everyone, whether you want to be super engaged or whether you just want to kind of sit and listen and see what other the way other people are thinking and kind of form your own thoughts like to have those opportunities but I think again coming back to how our speakers we had those meetings beforehand and them knowing what their audience was going to be like being able to speak to everyone and like Callum said being able to ask questions to honor and having the responses you know in like bigger settings as well having the responses from the speakers themselves knowing that there was kind of a variance of knowledge of um, kind of experience and just having speakers appreciating that I think just overall I'm glad that like this feedback is positive because I think we were very concerned about making sure that like speakers were comfortable enough to be able to also deal with the fact that when I know Jerry and I will know when you're kind of in a specialized area you're used to speaking to people who are in your area so knowing that they like were very conscious of the audience the fact that it was very generalized and interdisciplinary that's one of Jerry's favorite words <laughs> interdisciplinary no so we have like, to say it's transdisciplinary now transdisciplinary we've learned, now yes honor. we've learned our new terms so that's where we're going that's going to be the one that I annoy you with now forever because I use the term interdisciplinary with everything Kira made a comment once that said did Jer even write an email if it doesn't have interdisciplinary in it somewhere it and it was like <laughs> um, but yeah I really enjoyed that too and I was really looking forward to that in, in the attendees nearly more so yeah. than all the speakers so we knew that we would have interdisciplinarity amongst the speakers but it was the attendees that I was really hoping that we would get that from and I think one of the not concerns but one of the things that did stand out in my mind was the fact that Kira and I were organizing the summer school and we are both law we felt that if people kind of just looked up our names, they would say, okay, they're law, it must just be for law, law students or lawyers, I'm not going to know what's going on here. Um, so we were very careful not to have that. And what's great is the, the, the variety, even with you three here, you know, there's, there's so much crossover in what you do. And at the same time, they couldn't be more different in many ways, which is so interesting um, to me. I just think it's really, Really interesting. This is the danger when you leave me with an open mic on a podcast uh, because I will keep talking and talking and play up so much fun. 
And it's GMD. absolutely fantastic. It's, it's, it's great to be a part of this. <laughs> it's, it's all, we're so happy. And um, we say this, that it will be only 30 minutes. Whoever, we, we have one person who's going to look at editing this and, oh, he's going to have a job because because <laughs> <laughs> I just sit here and yep, 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 because I have so much fun. We'll tell you, we did a podcast series for law a couple of years ago. And I mean, our episodes ended up being two hours long. Because <laughs> we would just keep talking. We would have so much fun. Kira would be, was, was producing that whole series and she would be in the background with the earphones on just like being like stop just stop stop <laughs> asking questions stop talking and I was like I can't I'm just having too much fun or my favorite um, one was Jerry being like what what do you mean I'm here like stop and he's like what's wrong <laughs> I was like why do you keep making this sign to me I don't know what to do um so uh Kira do you have any questions any specific questions that you would like to put to our lovely yeah guests? I suppose I want to like kind of See what do you think about, you know, like virtual events in general? Like, had you been to many beforehand? Obviously, like, you know, you were in an online learning environment this year. But like in terms of like these kind of one off events, had you been to them before? Did you feel like this was different? Like, did it offer something new or different? And kind of whether you would think even moving forward into a COVID free hopefully worlds that you know you would like to see these sort of virtual events continuing alongside alongside in-person events or whether you think they offer something that like either negative or positive that um, in-person events don't yeah George um yeah I was I was thinking of a joke before I was like why can't we just live in the online world but we only do anyway (laughs) um but like it just goes to show kind of like how how accessible it is I guess the accessibility of it is just great you know you can you can partake in these sorts of things anywhere and you know you can pick and choose you know what you want to like go to what you want to attend um and there's just such a sense to be such a wide selection so I think it's such a great thing to be able to you know like people were saying we 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 uh attended a speech from John Semple and while he was in you know, Afghanistan. So um, the, the accessibility of them is just brilliant. Um, but yeah, um, that's, that's pretty much it. Thank you. Kat? Yeah, so I've, I've attended loads of one-off conferences and seminars, um, both on climate change and then separately in the historical slash medievalist world. And this by so cool. Sorry, <laughs> so cool. And, and well, the only, the only, the only way I've been able to to do that this year is kind of unfortunately because of COVID and because everything's, um, you know, gone gone to virtual. So I think last week, it was Glenstall's Abbey, you know, medievalist con- conference, and I don't know if I could have been there in person on a, on a normal year, quote unquote, but it was great to be able to attend virtually. And I have to say, yours by far is my favorite. I just, in the, in the execution of it, in the variety and the interest of lectures and the professionalism in how, I think that- We have not paid Catherine by the no, way. No, at all. And, and I, I'm almost, and the only thing that, the only, the only, the only thing that stopped wants me to not say that is because I've also really enjoyed a lot of the other conferences and seminars of that I've, I've attended and been part of. But yours stands out because, uh, and I, I think part of that is because of how excited you guys are about the subject and how hands-on you are and how you you really want attendees and speakers to have a great time and get so much out of it. And that 
absolutely translates across to the attendees. And so it's, it's, it's a fun, enjoyable and informative um, summer school to attend. And I really, really enjoyed it. So ab absolutely well done. I can't imagine the work that went into it. And it's just, it's huge. I'm very impressed. You know what? Thank you so much. And you know what's funny about this? When in the like two to three days leading up to the event, the amount of t calls, WhatsApp messages, emails, Zoom calls, even just between Kira and myself trying to get everything, making sure everything was right and using the right platforms. And I can remember saying, never again. <laughs> never again will yeah. I ever do this and it's so funny because then listening to this in hindsight I'm like oh it really was fun I can't wait to do this again <laughs> which is a danger and I'm going to blame you three for this when it, I end up doing it again <laughs> it was so good it was so enjoyable and I mean the the reach so as an attendee you go on and you see not only you know, speakers speaking from conflict zones in Kabul, which is incredible, but attendees from all over the world. And at the same time, I feel like I would like to do this in person. You know, yeah. I'd like to see all of you in person and have a cup of coffee and we can just chat, you know, between lectures. And put the world to right. That's and, it. And put, <laughs> yes, and put the world to right. And talk about your presidential all. campaign and listen, <laughs> no. we are so, getting you to the arts. It's going to work. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you guys are too good. But I mean, so in person has a place and yet you know, we lose maybe that accessibility to everyone. Is is there any kind of way that it could be hybrid? Um, yeah, that's, that's really, I was at a conference, that's interesting that you said that once, um, and now again, this was before the COVID world where, you know, the tech has really developed a, a lot. So I was at one conference in London a couple of years ago where they had a few speakers join virtually but I mean the tech just wasn't there so then it was all true like teams hadn't been developed properly zoom was kind of unheard of it was all being done through skype because it was the uh, and do you remember like the connections with skype used to be so poor then it just didn't work but that's really interesting because I bet you could have a really fun interactive hybrid version of of that um to go forward which is is definitely something I think everyone technological capacities have and capabilities have definitely increased over the last 18 months because out of necessity but I definitely think with regards to certain speakers even this was like an opportunity for them like they maybe weren't very familiar with say engagement technologies but they were familiar with zoom and so like they which means like if we want to have something blended like in the future we could definitely have that and I'd say everyone will be a bit more open to it as opposed to two years ago when like nobody had used Zoom before or like it hadn't used it for teaching or in those kind of sort of environments. So I definitely think like moving forward, I think something blended would be definitely a serious consideration. Again, especially to get those speakers who maybe would not be able to come over physically. Yeah, because it's something that, you know, if I personally, if I was planning this in person, I wouldn't have even approached some yeah. speakers that were so far away because I would be thinking how will this be feasible you know how how could we achieve this um it, it would be so difficult so yeah I think there is um a place for it in in many ways um and hopefully there will be going forward yeah and a lot of the research you know it, it does suggest that that the virtual learning environments are 
are here to stay. You know, yes, COVID did bring a certain urgency to it, but, you know, people seem to be more um, efficient. It seems to be more accessible for a lot of people. And it's interesting because while I quite enjoy it, I know if I, so my hat's off to like, you know, all my own students and you guys especially, because I would not have survived, you know, a virtual year in college. It just wouldn't have been me. I would get so distracted. I wouldn't have been able to pay attention. I, it just wouldn't, because I was always that student as well. I needed that little bit of fear to make sure I was getting work done. So as much as I was terrified sitting, you know, then in the front row, I would sit there because I knew I had to have done my readings because he might call on me because I'm in the front row. So I used to use that as sometimes um, a, a little bit of inspiration, um, which is probably a terrible thing to admit, but you know, hey, it, it worked. So whatever. Um, and George, do you have anything to, to kind of add to the virtual side of things? Were you happy with how, how it worked up and how it went? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, as I say, I just like the kind of the accessibility of it. I'm not exactly sure how a hybrid would work. I mean, I guess you'd still have to travel to like Dublin to do a hybrid. So then would there be any point in like staying in a hotel room or something? But, um, but no, I I guess yeah, I I haven't really got any 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 problems with it really. Like I say, it was it was just jam packed. It was it was all round the clock. Maybe it could have went on for a few more days. Maybe that might be the only thing I'll say. Um, we definitely could have had we had enough speakers. Yeah, we would. That's have. a good sign, isn't it? I'm really glad. <laughs> and you know what? I'm really glad you said that, George. Because um, even in terms of our own feedback, we said you know what, two days just wasn't enough. We could have done it. But we were also conscious of, of you know, attendees and being like, you know, we can't ask people to give up an entire week, you know. Um, and I think that's where that hybrid model could actually work really well because it means you could dip in and out as suits you. You know, you mightn't get to live ones that week, but you could pop onto other ones, you know, and, and see them. So I would have loved that. And I think to allow a little bit more time, which I enjoyed, but, you know, some of the sessions went straight from one to the next one um and I was like and that was something we were very conscious of was like you know trying to condense and you know let it le leave your mind a little bit before going straight into the next one um but you know look it's it was what it was and it gave lots of kind of food for thought I think in many ways um and Callum I think you had a point there yes uh, I mean I've only done one year of uni so far and it was all digital so um this hasn't been too dissimilar I, mean, I had a uh, I had a, a business like internship thing on online uh, just a few days ago and there's about 3,000 people who were there so come but this one it was so personal that you could ask the questions and you get direct feedback and it was all very close and I feel like the hybrid system it would be quite good because would I have gone to this if it was in person I don't think so because I would have to get the flight there, the flight back, and I would have to think about things. But and that's a lot. <laughs> but not only, no, but just using the um, laptop and I'm here, you know. And I made a fair amount of notes. So I was, yeah, so I was, I was very happy with the way it went. Oh, that's no, it is great to hear. Thank you so much. And I suppose um, we should. I know we've taken up so much of your time, guys. I am sorry. This is what happens. We just enjoy. We're definitely going to have to. Um, what's the word here? Like we're going to have to now.
coax our our lovely three attendees here into our climate and development group so that they can oh, never definitely. they can never escape us now uh they're going to be joining and we're going to keep you forever and then we'll have you all to dublin when it is safe to do so and we will have a great time um and we'll have a fireside chat series um, because this is something I think is really fun to do and talk about these kind of things, because I also think it, it kind of, I suppose, demystifies some of the kind of fears people have about joining these sessions or these summer schools and when people hear, you know, actual experience, because that was the idea behind wanting to have this chat too, because, you know, we could talk about reflecting on it, but you know, what are we going to say? It's, it's, we wanted to have a true, you know, reflection on it to say, you know, this was good. This was hard. This was interesting. This wasn't. And I mean, I suppose, I guess we could wrap up I nearly with, you know, some take home points of, you know, I would love to know what, what were some of the, the, the overarching things that, that really you were left with at the end of the summer school? You know, was there anything that really stood out that has opened up, I suppose, some insight to you uh, or something that you think about differently? Yeah. So I would like to leave it on that because I know for me, when I left it, my my mindset had really changed, I think. The, the impact of, again, that gear is going to roll our eyes, I know, thank God when people listen to this, they can't see faces. Um, but again, it's this interdisciplinary work, this transdisciplinary work. I love that approach to anything. I just, I really enjoy that. I like that you can learn other people's perspectives on an issue that you may never have heard or know anything about. I mean, contemporary forms of slavery, conflict in climate you know that really is what stood out to me I really enjoyed that the collaborate the intercollaboration across them all yeah so I will just open that up to you um yeah I suppose if we maybe go to George first yeah because yeah yeah so I guess for me the kind of the big takeout was like the kind of immediacy of it, of it all the immediacy of the climate of climate change and you know you always feel like you're at like a certain turning point along the line and this was definitely a new one you know I mean, the, probably the biggest thing that stuck out for me is like, you know, when you're listening to like podcasts or kind of uh, series or whatever, there's, all, there's there's certain sound bites, things that stick out. And uh, one thing that stuck out for me was uh, Linda Etchart, who's spent time in the Amazon, you know, with the kind of Aboriginal populations there. And she said that now we need someone like Bill Gates or... Jeff Bezos to come in and save save the Amazon, otherwise it'll it's it'll go. And you, you know, and that and that's something that kind of you know that was one thing that just kind of struck a chord with me. It just kind of in a sad way, it kind of sums it all up, really. Yeah, it's a terrifying reality, isn't it? In many ways, yeah. Anybody else want to add? Yep, yeah, Callum. I think that well, quite a lot of these talks. So we can be quite hopeful, but we have to be aware of the difficulties. So with that, as a, I think like the, again with uh, Linda, the tribe using Facebook uh, to to protest uh, different oil companies and all that, I found quite interesting. And then even if things are done on national level, with nations actually working together, which they really need to to uh, treat this issue, will a regional level actually uh, will anything change? Will anything really matter? to that side I mean there's always money so yeah where that yeah. goes <laughs> I think you're you're absolutely right and there is we had a really interesting talk with Tom Campbell earlier about you know there is this danger that when you see anything that's got to do with something to in any way shape or form mitigate 
the climate crisis, we instantly think, well, that's a great idea, but actually there can be quite negative impacts um, as a result of these. And, you know, there was the, um, what, the green wall care, was that the, the yeah, example? The, it's escaping me. The green but, wall, like planting trees um, across like this green wall of trees is going to be planted in Africa and we'd be like, oh, that's great. We need to plant more trees. But obviously that's negatively impacting the lo- a lot of the local people and the kind of idea that you need to include local voices into every kind of climate initiative or climate change initiative that you're trying to implement. And I think, yeah, that's definitely it. It's like, you know, you need to, like, and again, I think I like Callum that you, because Jer and I from law would always talk about the domestic, the regional and the international levels and how I think there's change that can be made at all of them. But again, you really need to, again, try and see who, who are you benefiting? Because obviously we want to benefit everyone from mitigating against climate change, but you also need to make sure you're not negatively affecting people's themselves and their ways of life through the initiatives that are going to be impacted. Are going yeah. to be implemented sorry absolutely and Kat yeah so I think um generally I have two major points that I've taken away from the summer school and one was being able to join up um history and heritage with climate change which was fantastic and the second one was more along the lines of justice so I think justice is as Kira just was speaking on a really big important part of climate change and it's something that I'm personally interested in. It's something that I think that the Paris Agreement did really well with common but differentiated responsibilities. Yeah. And I saw that come through different lectures over the summer school, you know, whether it was, you know, talking about slavery and, and modern slavery and climate change or in conflict issues and how that's related to climate change. This idea of justice and not just at the international level, but at the wider domestic level and local level. I thought the talk, you know, Linda Etchert's talk on indigenous peoples and climate change was extremely passionate and and very good. And I I think it's something that I just have a personal interest in. And um, you could almost join up, even though it was transdisciplinary. Yes. (laughs) There was elements of justice in in everything. Everything. Yeah. I think that's that's a really nice thing to hear. And you know what? There's probably no surprise there. We we probably approached it um, as we are myself and Kira were both graduates of the LLM in international justice. So it's uh, so that's probably where some little kind of threads were coming through. But it's great to hear that because I am also and and. Kat, you're going to hear from me forever because I am also really interested in in what justice means in, in mm-hmm. all walks because, you know, justice, what I might think is completely just, any one of you four might say, well, that's completely just, you know, um, I think what justice means so many different things and then we have this emerging field, even in development studies, of climate justice and what is climate justice and, you know, there, there is no answer and I think kind of picking on what the three of you just said, it, there is this need to to have I suppose, open dialogues from everything from grassroots, completely local levels up to regional, up to international to really join those dots, because without that, we're really in trouble, I think. And it's not to end on a negative note, but that is the answer. The key is open dialogues. You know, that's how we're going to do it, to look at justice. And I think um, I always love that this quote, which is makes me sound a little nerdy, but it's just I've used it a few times in my work. So that's why I always go back to it, which is the Benjamin Franklin one on justice, which is, you know, true justice will never be achieved until those who are unaffected are as equally outraged as those directly affected. And I think that's really important, especially when we look at vulnerable groups or marginalized 
marginalized groups that are really suffering the most as a result of the climate crisis and um, who actually then contribute the least to the climate crisis so you yes. really see the injustice there and and how this is going to be tackled it's and it's great just to even have these conversations come from the summer school you know obviously we knew we're not going to change the world after two days of you know sessions but the whole point of it was to bring these conversations to the forefront and again to be able to have these conversations with people like you get that has an expertise in climate change and like you guys with expertise in history, in sociology, in philosophy, in politics, and bring it all together. And I think that's what we really saw the beauty of the summer school was this merging of ideas. And hopefully we we can kind of keep going from there and keep building from there. So yeah, exactly. I think that's like the thing is, as Jerry said, like ending, you know, maybe on a bit of a negative note, but for like those of us who are in or care about or anyone who is interested in justice, it's like you <laughs> You are so annoyed and so outraged <laughs> the majority of the time. Like, I don't yeah. know if I could get through a day without just being outraged about the amount of injustice. So having these conversations and knowing and kind of, I suppose, instilling that kind of interest in everyone, because like that's what Karen and I said is like, you know, having these things, having like sort of a summer school try and instill the want to move forward with climate justice or with any form of justice because it was so transdisciplinary like instilling that gives us hope because we know we're not the only ones who are sitting there outraged every day um so maybe we'll all be outraged yeah. together <laughs> maybe we'll make this into a long time long-standing podcast of just outrage and injustice and we'll just bring a different topic every week and talk about how angry we are and how we need to change the world and not to start <laughs> any any anarchism movements but you know just <laughs> just to bring it to a four um guys I really cannot thank you enough um not only for just joining today to have this conversation but again for just being so active and so present in in all of the sessions um and like I said I was fortunate enough to have been in breakout rooms at different points with all of you and you know that really made me so happy to see that people from that and you know like I had some of my students in attendance and I was like well at least I can bully them if I don't see things going on into being active and speaking and it just wasn't needed at all and I mean you guys really did stand out to us once again Kath, Callum, George I, I really can't thank you enough for for thank your you attendance so your participation and for today and I really look forward to hopefully having some more collaborations with the the group of us here because I think we could you know do some really interesting stuff another word of Jerry's collaboration just oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen I'm trying to make the world a better place and we can do this this was the what was the you know was it yeah, oh god I'll be absolutely annihilated for now misquoting Yates or something but was it Yates or no who was it here that was a terrible beauty has been born that's Yates Yates yes okay it wasn't that bad <laughs> oh god Catherine putting me to shame but thank you for saving me so maybe that's what we have maybe we will have the answers to fixing everything but guys really thank you so much for your time I know we've taken so much of it this afternoon but I'm just thrilled you joined um, and for all of your comments and feedback thanks so much Cher and Kara thanks for for the invite to be with you Jay it was, it was great fun thanks Emil thanks guys I can't thank you enough that was brilliant uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it Bye.